here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are here going into week five. Uh, we're going to look to, you know, see who who knows more than who, obviously, and, and try to help you along the way uh, with some, some knowledge that we have read through the tea leaves and injuries and matchups. And we're going to look to give you our starts and sits for week five. Uh, obviously, we go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And uh, based on our league and of record and, and a lot of other leagues out there, defenses are still there. We're not going to do a start sit kicker. That would be just, you know, that would be a whole different episode. You know, be Justin Tucker and everybody else. But we are going to go through this this week. Pat, uh, welcome back. Obviously, uh, we just got uh, we just got through some of our heavy hitters on injury news and waiver wire. And, and some of that will factor into this this week. What do you look at when you really start your process for, for your, who you think is going to be the best player or best matchup maybe at each position, uh, you know, based on what we're talking about. Oh, I see how it is. So now that we're making this a competition, you want to know my strategy so that you can use them against me. Is that how, is that how well, I just want to know why you're, mostly, <laughs> you know, why you're mostly wrong, you know, but I, I don't know. How you know what do, to, so you know what to avoid. How are we doing this season? <laughs> I, I, I have not had a chance to really keep up, you know, cause I'm just in so many leagues. It's hard. So right now, so you're finished week four. You, all of your players have played. I still have two left. If I get, uh, if I get both of the the two correct, who, who are those guys? By the way, uh, I have. Uh, I, they're both my. They're both sits. So uh, I need the uh, Matt Stafford and Tyler Higby to to fail miserably this 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 Monday night game. Higby's a probable. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, right now I am ahead percentage wise. You have more total correct than I do. Because, like I said, I've already factored in your ten picks for this week. Uh-huh. Um, so, like I said, if I get, I think if I get two, let me see where I'm at. If I get, if I get one, we're tied. If I get two, I'm ahead. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, what we're gonna do moving forward, and and I think this is, you know, this is actually my wife's idea. So I'll I'll, I'll credit to Melissa here. We're going to start doing our start sits in more of a competitive fashion as far as, uh, you know, who scores the most points, my start or your start, who scores the least points, my sit or your sit, and and, and kind of grade it on that and, and keep a running total. And we'll figure out, you know, by the end of the season, some, you know, friendly wager to, to place on this um, this competition that we're having. And, you know, it'll, it'll kind of help us to keep our start sits a little bit uh, keep keep some juice in the game, as they say. You know what I mean. We'll make sure that we we got a good sweat and uh, are really trying to get these starts and sits right for you. We're gonna have to probably come up with some sort of way to weed out some of the guys that uh, you know we're we're not going to be able to pick. Like it'd be real easy to to win a start sit if we uh, if we take you know Josh Allen every week for as our quarterback star. So we're going to try to keep it, uh, boundaries, you know, basically. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah. There you go. Cause yeah, you said, I'm, you said, I'm juice. you said sweat. I got a little nervous. I didn't know what the heck was going on. So, okay. Boundaries. <laughs> so, you need, yeah. so you need a safe word is I, what you're yeah. saying. Um, no, I'm good. 
<laughs> I'm all in. Thank you. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> what's, um, what's my team name? <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, that's true. That's true. All right. So yeah. So you know, moving into the start sets, we're gonna we're gonna continue to uh, to do them. We're gonna we're gonna make it like I said a little friendly competition because I mean, isn't that really the reason we play fantasy football to begin with? It's like you know we're too old to compete with each other in like sports arenas anymore and and you know can't go play one-on-one in the driveway like some somebody will break a hip and oh, you know this will work aside man uh, one of my um one of my vendors um uh, in in what i do i uh, found out yeah he's our age like er, like mid 40s like early 50s concept that would hate saying that out loud but um <laughs> yeah playing uh football with his kids broken ankle torn achilles wow yeah and again, just from from knowing him, like it was not, um, you know, peak physical fitness. But at the same time, like really, like come on, like that. Because now at this age, like that's like debilitating. So like these guys that come back from these injuries that we just talked about, and they're like, yep, never mind, I'm good. You know, granted, they're in their early mid twenties, maybe early thirties. That that's amazing. But yeah, to go down in a heap at this age, no, nah, forget about it. Yeah, it really puts uh, Cam Akers coming back in the in the same calendar yeah. year from a, Dobbins, uh, an Achilles you know. injury, like just completely superhuman. But yeah, it, I mean, those some people you know walk with a limp for the rest of their lives after stuff like that. These guys are coming back and playing professional sports at the highest level still. So yeah, there's definitely a huge difference between uh, you know NFL players and uh, fantasy football analysis for sure. Yep, check your guys. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so are you uh, you ready to jump into the I start am, sits? I am ready. I I am ready to own you going into week five. <laughs> Get in line. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So so technically, because I haven't counted my points yet, you are ahead. So would you like the honors of going first with your start of the week at QB? I will defer. I will take the ball in the second half, <laughs> as as per the huge per our team. Thank you. I mean that's that's smart. I mean I, I get it. You definitely want uh, you definitely want the ball in the second half. All right, so I'm going to start yeah. off. I'm with, a backdoor uh, kind of guy. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, I've heard that. Start sits. Uh, so I'm going to start off with my start of the week. Uh, it's going to be Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions against the New England Patriots. I know this may seem uh, you know a week too late based off of what Goff did in Week Four. The Patriots have been historically a good defense under Bill Belichick and are overall kind of the middle of the pack in total fantasy points per game uh, so far this season. That's because they've been very good at stopping the run. They're number three uh, against the running backs in fantasy, but not so great against quarterbacks and wide receivers. Uh, this is not even two years ago, Patriots defense when they had, you know, Gilmore back there and Cordy and, you know, all these guys who were ball hawks and, you know, the, the Patriots defensive backfield has, has definitely gotten a little bit worse uh, as time has gone on. And, uh, you know, they're giving up the eighth most points to the QB position so far. And Goff has surprisingly led an offense that, believe it or not, ranks number one overall in points scored through four weeks so far. And Goff is actually the, is the QB five in fantasy football up until this point. So the Lions defense has also been terrible, causing every game that they've played in so far to basically be a shootout. Not only are they the highest scoring team in the league, but they've also given up the most points in the league, um, which it's, you know, just absolutely amazing for fantasy football. 
So I think Goff is a, a pretty good and pretty easy start this week. Plus, Amon Ross St. Brown may come back. You don't know that for sure. Looks like Swift is probably still going to be out, but St. Brown could come back and give Goff another weapon uh, in a game that, you know, again, potentially could have both teams going over 30 points. Yep. Uh, not bad so far. Uh, I like my guy a little bit better this week, and, and it pains me to do it, but I feel like Cooper Rush, Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback, is going to go up against the Los Angeles Rams, who are right around like going into Monday night, obviously got a, a, a game to play for this week to balance these stats out, but they're about like the 23rd best, which makes them pretty bad uh, against the quarterback. Now, they do their defense puts up some stats. Yeah, they'll get sacks. They'll they'll get some turnovers. That's fine. But giving up an average of nineteen point four a game, they're giving up about two hundred sixty nine yards total passing a game. They're on a short week. Cooper Rush is, you know, everybody just threw the stat out for four and zero. But this week, you know, one one game for the sake of argument from a previous season. But he's three and zero. Uh, since taking over the Dallas Cowboys, which is a scary thought. He himself is averaging uh, 17.21 points per game over those three starts. Uh, that puts him right around uh, like 15, 16th in quarterbacks in our league of record. So that puts him right around Kirk Cousins land, uh, who is you know a tangible starter to say the least. Uh, he's ahead of Aaron Rodgers. It's a scary thought that Cooper Rush is – that decent. Now, granted, that offense definitely going to carry him a little bit, uh, but he is a quarterback worth starting, especially against a team that's coming off a short week uh, like the Rams are after a tough divisional game going right into a Dallas game. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be it, it's going to be tough. Um, and again, now, granted, Dallas goes to Los Angeles, but at the same time, I, I can see him putting up some numbers. He, he might get like 24, 25 points this week. I mean, 15th is good. It's not as good as five, but it's not bad, I guess. No, it's better based on matchups. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So the running back, my start of the week, uh, I'm going with Ramondre Stevenson versus the Lions. Uh, you know, I just talked about the game, obviously, potentially being a shootout. And if it's going to be a shootout, you probably should like somebody on the other side of it as well. Uh, in this matchup with the possibility of a third string rookie quarterback leading the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm going to take the pass-catching running back to have a big game. The Lions are the second-worst team versus the running back position, and Stevenson leads the Patriots in running back snaps, targets, and receptions, and is only slightly behind Damian Harris and carries 53-54 to 54 so far this season. Basically, the difference in fantasy points has been that Harris has been getting the goal line work and has found the end zone three times to Ramondre's one. And I like Harris in this matchup as well. I think if he's on your roster, you can play him without any hesitation. But as far as my my start of the week and who I think is going to have a better fantasy game uh, for this particular you know running back room, uh, I'm going with Stevenson here because I could see the Lions scoring. Like I said, they're the leading scoring team in the league, and the Patriots having to keep up with them. And I think putting them putting them in a position to have to throw the ball. And uh, I think that's going to lead to more snaps for Stevenson, uh, some catches. And, uh, you know, obviously the targets are going to be there because of, you know, the fact that they're going to be throwing the ball. And younger quarterbacks generally don't like to push the ball down the field. They like to play it safe, not make a lot of mistakes. And so I could see a lot of dump offs to the running back, some, you know, short passes to the tight end and, and even the wide receivers on some some close to the line of scrimmage type stuff. So 
Uh, I really like Stevenson this week for the Patriots. Not bad, uh, but uh, staying in the same division, I, I think I'll do you one better. Uh, this week, I like Devin Singletary, he of the Buffalo Bills. They're going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are in the bottom third, 25th, against the running back position. Through the course of the season, Devin Singletary is averaging about 12 points a game, four receptions a game. He has a touchdown. He did lose a fumble this week. But looking at the injury front on that offense, which we talked about previously with Jamison Crowder being out indefinitely and Isaiah McKenzie being a little banged up with a concussion, and, and we'll see how things proceed now with concussions being a thing. Isaiah McKenzie, 21 targets this season, uh, tied with Devin Singletary, also 21 targets for this season. Yeah, I, I think that people kind of, you know, pushed him under the rug, thought James Cook was coming in, going to take that over. Zach Moss was finally a uh, professional in camp and blah, blah, blah. Nah, never mind. Um, I think Devin Singletary is going to get a lot more work with some banged up wide receivers. Josh Allen looking to regroup after a tough week. Uh, he did not do that well uh, against Baltimore, shockingly, um, who had given up everything. But I like me some Devin Singletary this week. I think he's got potential to be low RB1, definitely a solid high-end RB2 uh, in that offense based on the matchup against Pittsburgh. Kenny, uh, Kenny <laughs> Whopper hands pick it uh, this week. So we'll, we'll see how we do. But I, I like my Devin Singletary to your uh, Stevenson. All right. Well, 2-0 for me. I'm liking this. Uh, um, yeah, on paper. So let's move into the wide receivers then. My start this week is going to be Chris Godwin versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, there may be a little bit of fear for people to play Godwin with his injury history, but when he's on the field, he is Brady's go-to guy. He's like he's like their, his Julian Edelman. Like you know, you have your your Mike Evans, who's kind of your Randy Moss, your down the field guy. It's like you're uh, me to you. Yes. No, go on. Yeah, yeah. I'm the deep threat guy, and you're the guy who— No, I'm the go-to know. guy. Come on. Oh, is that how that is? Yes. Yeah, the little dink and dunk guy. Yeah, that's that's totally you. I, I wouldn't go little, but dink and dunk. <laughs> but uh, if you're in a PPR league or even a half PPR league, I think Godwin's probably the better option because of the steady stream of targets that he sees. This is his first week back, and he played 83% of the snaps and— matched the 10 targets that Mike Evans got. And again, you know, this is, this is his, literally his first week back from, you know, an injury. So the Falcons are the seventh worst team versus the wide receiver position. And Atlanta is actually the eighth highest scoring team in the NFL, believe it or not. So there is a chance that this could end up being a fairly high scoring game where both teams end up having to throw the ball. And if Tampa Bay is forced to throw, uh, I think you're going to see Godwin lead that team in targets. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was good to see him kind of make his way back. He got a little banged up uh, against Kansas City last night, but made it through the game. Hopefully he makes it through your game uh, against Atlanta to give you this win. But I will lean on a guy who I've never been a fan of, but now that he's on the Cleveland Browns, I understand that he can play professional football. Uh, Amari Cooper, Cleveland Browns wide receiver one. You know, they're going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, who have been giving up about 25 points total to the position. They're not really that good right now at stopping the pass. You look at Amari Cooper overall, in our league of record, he's he's like top 20 wide receiver right now. Uh, when you look at the Cleveland Browns, there really isn't a lot. You know, we, we talked about free agents uh, and waiver wire concepts about uh, David Njoku, but right now it, it really is 
his team. It's everything kind of funneling through him on that roster, on a run-first heavy roster. Uh, but if you're going to give me Amari Cooper in a game against the Chargers with a bad defense that you know doesn't do that well, I mean the Chargers give up about 260 yards passing a game. They give up about 200, or I'm sorry, 200. I wish <laughs> that would really pad my stats. Two touchdowns a game based off of that. You know, he leads his team uh, with 31 targets, next closest, and Joker with 23. Amari Cooper, I think he's going to have a solid game this week against the Chargers. Uh, and I, I think that I, I think I got you there. What do you got for tight end? So this one is for all the Kyle Pitts owners like you and me who drafted him based on his talent. Something for the honeys but are getting very, very sick of starting him every week for him to do absolutely nothing. My start of the week this week at tight end is going to be Kyle Pitts. Uh, I just feel like he eventually has to get it going, and this is a good matchup to do it in. The Bucks are probably going to score uh, as they have a, a really good offense, and they are the fourth worst team versus the tight end position, and the Falcons are most likely going to need, like I said, to keep up with them. So, I, you know, give me some Kyle Pitts to have some sort of impact on this game. He's going to need to to be a part of this if Atlanta has any chance of winning this game. They cannot rely on, you know, now that Cordell Patterson's out, they're not going to be able to rely on the running game as much as they have. And they're going to need Marcus Mariota to throw the ball. And other than Drake London, I mean, they really don't have many other pieces to throw to. So I'm, I'm really leaning on and believing and hoping that Kyle Pitts finally has the, uh, the the breakout game of 2022 that he has so badly needed to to keep his uh, the people that roster him in fantasy football from you know completely ripping their hair out. Uh, in this case, I, I kind of hope you're right because uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm like all day Kyle Pitts. willing to take the L on this one. Uh, yeah, or 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 or, or a gentle push. Uh, I'll take a push. Speaking of you know polarizing players at the tight end position. My guy this week is that one Taysom Hill uh, of the New Orleans Saints. Who is he a quarterback? Is he a tight end? Is he a professional football player? Uh, it, everything is a question mark there. But they're going against the Seattle Seahawks, who, uh, for those that are scoring at home, just got demolished, demolished, uh, you know, at the tight end position by one TJ Hawkinson for the tune of eight for 179 and two touchdowns. And I know that sounds horrible, and you say, oh, it's an outlier. Uh, through four games, they've given up basically like 90 yards a game to the tight end position. They've given up 14 <laughs> points through fantasy. Kyle at, Pitts would love 90 yards uh, a game. Through four games. Just saying, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's that's the, the scary part. Like Seattle has really given up three touchdowns already. But again, you're talking like week one, seven for 85. Week two, uh, one Ross Dwelly. Touchdown catch for 38 yards, uh, five for 87, which was against Kyle Pitts, and then uh, eight for 179 and two touchdowns. Yeah, if if, if Kyle could, Kyle Pitts could play for you know against Seattle every week, obviously we wouldn't have your side of it there. But uh, it's a scary thought. Taysom Hill is a player that gets points because he is a Swiss Army knife kind of guy. He can be your quarterback. He was the backup quarterback. We've seen that happen in the past. He plays the tight end position, so he can get you points multiple ways. He's only got one catch on one target, but through uh, the ground game this season for Taysom Hill, in three games, he has missed one with injury. 
12 carries total for 116 yards and two touchdowns. That's 9.7 a carry, including a 57-yard run. Yeah, um, obviously they're trying to use him. If Kamara's banged up, Mark Ingram and Latavius Murray, yes, he's still alive and he's playing for that team. But Taysom Hill at the tight end position could kind of like cheat and get a whole ton of points every which way, especially at that position against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I think um, if he's your starting tight end, then uh, the rushing and the and any passing points that he gets don't count towards our our uh, our thing here. That's that's not the way that works. Uh, it does in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, okay, all right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I so want my special teams points. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he's back there fielding punts. Let's do it. Hey, do uh, it. I said my start of the week at uh, the defense position is going to be the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. This is kind of how I see this game going in my head. Minnesota gets out to a pretty big lead and then Chicago ends up having to throw the ball, which they're obviously not comfortable doing. And then the Vikings take advantage and get a few sacks, maybe a pick or two, almost the way the same way the Green Bay Chicago game played out where Green Bay got out to that lead. And then, you know, Chicago just really couldn't do much uh, to come back in that game. The Bears are just a, just a couple stats here to to sort of uh, you know I guess make my point. The Bears are the fourth worst team versus opposing fantasy defenses, allowing just about ten fantasy points per game. They're also tied for sixth in the league in turnovers and are the fourth lowest scoring team in the league, fourth worst, and that's with the Rams and the 49ers still being below them because they haven't played their fourth game yet. So as long as each team scores, I believe it's at least 17 points, they're going to be the second lowest scoring team in the league heading into week five. So uh, give me a, give me a team where uh, they're not going to score a lot of points and could be game scripted into doing something that they're not very comfortable doing. And, and I, I really like the Vikings uh, defense for, you know, possibly even a, a sack fumble or a pick six going into, uh, you know, going into that game against Chicago. Way to steal candy from a baby, Pat. Nice job. Uh, really putting yourself out there. Um, yep. Hey, now, I took Kyle Pitts. Leave me alone. Eh, shush. <laughs> um, so speaking of which, I will uh, – I'm, I'm going to go on the uh, lack of conservative. If I said 2-0, 931 passing yards, seven touchdowns, and a pick with a combined score of 82-38, to 38, I'm going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals against Baltimore last year. The Baltimore Ravens defense, I'm taking them this week. This has revenge written all over it. And up until last week, I would say I didn't have a prayer. But seeing them contain Josh Allen in that offense, again, there were injuries. I get it. But seeing them able to do that on that level and not look ahead to this week, this game, means that they are focused. Now, it, for all intents and purposes, Baltimore should have, would have, could have won that game. Uh, some uh, ballsy coaching calls that don't work in their favor sometimes tend to be the ruin of that team. But, you know, eventually you're going to be on the right side of that coin with a quarterback like that who only played in one of the two games last year. Uh, Josh Johnson actually filled in for him uh, in the second game. But in two games last year, it was 41-17, 41-21. Cincinnati uh, put their mark on the AFC North and – made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's tough to repeat, especially when you're the losing team from a Super Bowl. But to turn around and see you got to play Baltimore, 
who has been giving up yards and droves, I kind of feel like they're they, they they've had this circled on their calendar since forever for taking those two beatings last year. I don't think it'll be epic, but I think there'll be a startable defense. And I think that, you know, again, I think they might finish top 15, let alone top 10 in your league. Cause I think they really want to put this offense on notice and say, look, you know what? Joe Mixon might run for 250 yards, but you're not beating us through the air cover guys. You know, T Higgins had a, he's been getting banged up a little bit this season. Uh, Jamar chase, you know, we'll see what happens. They had some rest. I get it, but I do. I do like Baltimore in this revenge spot. I could be dead wrong, but I'm I'm just going to play my cards close to the vest on this one. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, those revenge game narratives definitely play out sometimes. And, uh, you know, Cincinnati hasn't looked like they looked last year so far in the beginning. They had a good game this past week, but, it, you know, it, it's definitely one of those, like you said, those AFC North divisional matchups that end up kind of being a, uh, Sometimes a, a grinded out type of game. So, all right. So let's move into our sits of the week. Um, I will go first again, and I am going to sit Daniel Jones uh, this week at quarterback versus Green Bay. I know this may seem like you know some low hanging fruit here, but Jones had a pretty good game this past week against the Bears. He had two rushing touchdowns, and you may be tempted to start him against the Packers. Figuring that, you know, the Packers are probably going to score. Giants may end up having to keep up with them or, or what have you. But Green Bay has been very, very good against opposing quarterbacks this year, giving up only 12.8 fantasy points per game to the position, which is sixth. And Jones has also been very turnover prone in his career, especially when he's forced into throwing situations, you know, where the defense can sort of pin their ears back and rush the passer and, and, you know, really create some pressure, which causes bad decisions and things like that. So I really think that there's a, an opportunity here that the Packers defense goes crazy and, and gets a couple turnovers and uh, is just not a, a great uh, game for the Giants. Even though they are three and one, don't let the record fool you. They're not a good team. Uh, they've just played other really bad teams so far. I mean, the Bears, like we just talked about, are pathetic. The Panthers have been absolutely terrible. And the week that they uh, played the Titans, which I believe was week one, and, and won that game, uh, the Titans were just – they were not ready to play that game. They just did not look good. And, you know, so the, they've beaten three, you know, pretty subpar teams. I, I believe the Titans can and will turn it around. But I, I don't see the Bears or Panthers having a winning record for the rest of the season. So, yeah, don't, don't let the Giants fool you there. Who's your QB sit for this week? My QB sit for this week. Uh, it, it's not a stretch. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I kind of get it, but yeah, last Taking week it was other high low on. hanging fruit as well. Uh, come on, stop. Yeah, last week I had it. Well, here's why. He's my start last week, and it, it's the turnovers that are really, really killing him uh, for making him just Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Again, some people might think that, you know, with Patterson being out, there might be an uptick in the passing offense. Tampa Bay's pissed off. I mean, they're not this bad of a football team. Obviously, you know, Kansas City took advantage of of a momentum shifter with, uh, you know, a special teams blunder and and jumped out to a 7 nothing lead and never looked back. I will say Brady looked a lot more like Brady through the game, but 
when you're playing from behind like that, and then even he had a fumble. This division game, you know, Tampa Bay against New Orleans, I'd feel a different kind of way. But Mariota for me right now, I, you know, you just can't do it. It's a division game, too many turnovers. They don't have a definitive running back, and that Tampa Bay defense is just going to swarm. Hopefully not Kyle Pitts, you know. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, you take Drake London out of the game. I, don't, I really don't care about that. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't like him at all in this matchup. So I think Tampa Bay feast, especially with the turnovers from Mariota, uh, that's just going to boost that defense. You might get an extra six or eight points out of his turnovers. All right, at running back, I'm going to sit Rashad Penny against the Saints. I know Penny looked great this past week going for 151 yards and two touchdowns versus the Lions, but the Saints are not the Lions. Uh, They currently rank fourth versus opposing running backs, giving up only 17.6 fantasy points per game to the position. And have only allowed three rushing touchdowns so far through four games. And that was going against very good fantasy running backs like CMC, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette. And as good as Rashad Penny has looked from time to time, he is he's he's not in the league of those other three guys. And the Saints are, like I said, are still fourth versus the running back, having faced those three guys in the first four weeks of the season. So for me, I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. New Orleans has a good defense. You know, Seattle's been playing really good and put a ton of points on the board last week, but uh, I don't see that continuing uh, against the Saints in week five. Uh, Hopefully you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of running backs that aren't going to do as well. Yeah, um, I I looked through this week and I was like, wait, maybe I'm not seeing things right. Uh, The RB6 in our league of record is Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions. You know, uh, DeAndre Swift sitting out, and that might stretch through to the bye week. They got one more week, and then they're off in week six. He has uh, 73.6 points. Again, that makes him RB6 in our league, six touchdowns, all on the ground. Well, this week, you're going up against the New England Patriots. And are they any good as a team? Debatable. Against the running back position, 100%. Uh, They are the fifth best defense against the running back position. They have given up only 13 points a game, zero touchdowns, either rushing or receiving. Uh, When you look at their stats, they're only giving up about 94 yards a game, just under five receptions per game for the tune of like 37 yards a game. Jamal Williams has that dual threat ability, but this week I think Jamal Williams is definitely not going to be worth that. I I think that they know to – take him out of the game so that they can focus more on, you know, the pass rush and covering different people. Who knows if DJ Shark, Amon Ra, St. Brown is going to be back uh, and or 100%. Uh, TJ Hawkinson having the game of his career last week, you know, type of thing. All that stuff factors in, but but they know to take that running back out of the game and then they can focus on it. Jamal Williams, definitely not worth a start this week. Low-end flex, maybe, uh, but I could see him again not – Definitely not being up to his league average number six overall. All right, a wide receiver. I'm going to sit DJ Moore versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, neither DJ Moore nor the Panthers offense in general has looked very good this year. And next week they get to go against the 49ers defense that through three weeks has been the fifth best versus the wide receiver position, giving up just 26.6 ppr points per game and that's to all wide receivers that's not like just to like you know the number one wide receiver so 26.6 to be split around to you know all of the wide receivers now i know dj moore tends to get a large chunk 
of that pie as far as you know wide receiver fantasy points but even still it hasn't really amounted to much this year so far and you know i I can understand why you're not a baker mayfield fan because he is not doing it you could say it he stinks (laughs) it's okay we all know it i yeah i think that the the niners probably won't be fifth versus the wide receiver position after tonight's game going up against cooper cup and the rams but they still are a very good defense and like i said earlier the panthers have not looked very good on offense so uh, I do have DJ Moore in our league of record, and I will not be playing him this week, 100. Um, percent Just, just not willing to do it against a, a really good San Francisco defense. All right, uh, my guy is your guy, uh, Cortland Sutton. Yep, Cortland Sutton. I think teams are going to know to key on him. Obviously, with some question marks at the running back position for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Javante Williams is out with some serious knee injuries. Melvin Gordon a little banged up. We talked about Mike Boone being a replacement or fill-in or, uh, you know, second fiddle, whatever, uh, on that offense. So right now, uh, Cortland Sutton is one of the top receivers in our league of record in the NFL, but going to go up against a pretty good defense with the Indianapolis Colts. They are the fourth best defense against the wide receiver position. They're only giving up a total of 15 and a half points to the position. Teams are not passing on this team. Like it's insane when you really kind of look at it. Like Sutton was averaging, you know, 16.7 a game. So right off the bat to the team as a whole, they're only giving up 15 and a half. So for the chances of him to break through would be quite interesting. And again, I don't think my math was wrong, but the um, the Indianapolis Colts aren't giving up a, a lot of passing yards to opposing teams. And I mean, you know, we knew they had a good secondary before, obviously, uh, and they lost. Uh, actually, their defensive coordinator, I believe, is is a head coach in the NFL now, but they haven't really missed a beat. To see them really giving up minimal yardage, basically like about 200 yards a game passing, that's pretty good. So I, I can't see Cortland Sutton being successful flexible yeah probably but our wide receiver one wide receiver two no uh, not this week uh not not for that team and not against indianapolis well definitely hope you're wrong about that one because i have something yeah. everywhere yeah i know uh my sit of the week at tight end is going to be dalton schultz versus the rams even though schultz played 90 percent of the snaps in week four after missing week three with a knee injury he failed to catch any of the three targets that came his way um with the uncertainty of Prescott's return, which he's saying he could be back week five, which would totally kill your Cooper Rush call. But hmm. uh, either way, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, we saw Russell Wilson come back last year from a, a hand injury and just didn't look the same. I mean, I don't know if that's what's going on with him this year or, or what, but he just didn't look the same. And with Schultz, like I said, missing with the knee, I'm just not confident enough in Schultz to start him until I see him have a decent game post injury. The knee injury is something that could potentially bother him all year and will make him a scary play pretty much every week. Uh, Also, the Rams defense has been very good against opposing tight ends, giving up just 5.8 PPR points per game so far. They do face the best tight end that they've played so far tonight in George Kittle. Uh, So that that may raise that number uh, a little bit, but let's be honest. Dalton Schultz is no George Kittle, you know, athletically and and with what he's able to do. So, I mean, even if Kittle goes off tonight and and raises that, 
you know, that ranking or that, that fantasy point number versus the Rams. Uh, I, I still don't see, you know, a reason to start Dalton Schultz next week uh, against this LA defense. It's, it's still pretty good. They are, they are, uh, they'll be on display tonight, uh, against George Kittle. So we'll see, uh, how they work. Speaking of tight ends that you shouldn't bother with this week. Now I know a lot of people were high on them going into this season. I, I feel like, you know, definitely has a potential to become one of the top guys in, in a couple of years, but Pat Fryermuth this week has the problem of the Buffalo bills defense. Uh, they are number two against the tight end position. That defense alone, just, you know, I, I think a lot of it is pass rush, forcing a tight end to stay in and block as opposed to being more of a blossomer uh, in the passing game. I think that, you know, with their linebacking core, they are solid. Von Miller's part of that, and that's but a Hall of Famer. Through the season so far, it's not really that good. Through four games, the tight end position has only accounted for 12 catches for 102 yards. That's an average of three for 26 a game. Uh, that's like a 5.6 clip in PPR. That's not going to get it done. They are just really dominant against that position. They understand what what can be that game breaker concept. Uh, you know, and they've had some injuries in the secondary. Jordan Poyer came back this week. Uh, they are starting to get healthy again. Kenny Pickett, first full game. Guess what, buddy? You get the Buffalo Bills, the the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, uh, not feeling Pat Fryermuth this week against Buffalo. You could definitely find a better option. Don't cut them. Put them on your bench. Pick somebody up, uh, like a David Njoku. But, yeah, definitely no Fryermuth, not this week. All right, and my defensive sit of the week is going to be the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Texans haven't been a bad defense for fantasy so far this year. And normally a matchup against the Jags is would be enough just to make you know a team defense a strong start. But this season under Doug Peterson, Jacksonville has been much better than in previous years. They're currently the sixth highest scoring team and are tied for fifth best, giving up just 5.8 fantasy points per game to opposing fantasy defenses. They do still need to clean up the turnovers, but as Eagles fans, you and I both know that turnovers is something that Doug Peterson stresses to his team. And I think yes. that they're going to be more mindful as the season goes on. So uh, I can see them. They have six turnovers so far in four games, which is probably a little bit more than, than Peterson would hope for. Uh, but I, I don't see that being a, a, something that's going to continue throughout the year. I think they're eventually going to get a handle on that as, as the year goes on there. You, you may actually have a, a legit shot, but I, I think this, this time, I, I think I got you. The Atlanta Falcons, don't laugh. Uh, their defense is, in our league of record, top 10 defense. And they've actually looked legit, uh, again, on the defensive side. They have arguably carried the, the team as a whole, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. They're not giving up oodles of points. Uh, you know, yardage, probably about midway points, yeah, a little bit. They're getting some extra points, though, with with turnovers and sacks. That being said, you're going to go up against Tom Brady and – a very pissed off Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. It's a division game, obviously. Uh, and again, looking at Atlanta just as a whole, not looking healthy and not scoring a ton and all that. Yeah, that doesn't factor in on this side as much. But against New Orleans, they put up six points, respectable. Against uh, Los Angeles, in a loss, uh, 13 points. Uh, you know, had a sack, a couple picks, some fumble recoveries. They're, they're getting involved. Seattle was a win. Uh, and this past week was a win, uh, again, for four and six points. But 
they're they're a top 10 defense right now in our league of records. So they're probably close, maybe a little better, a little worse, depending on performance bonuses. Not going to happen this week. Not going to happen against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I would stay away from Atlanta, stream somebody else, or just put them on the bench and, and hang on to them if you're in a league where you're looking at roster two defenses. Yeah, which definitely is not something that I suggest rostering two defenses. Not until you get down to your playoff run when mm-hmm. those single games, not that all your single games don't matter, but uh, I feel like giving up a, a positional player to roster a second defense, unless you're stacked and you really don't need the bench spots, uh, I could see doing that. But yeah, not not normally one for rostering a second defense, but uh, you know, in those instances where you have a like a really good defense, like the Buffalo Bills or something like that, and they have a really tough matchup. Um, usually, they seem to play better in those matchups, but sometimes you don't want to start them uh, just because of the matchup. I, w- I would say, yeah, you could probably roster a second defense, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm switching defenses pretty much weekly. I mean, I try to find like I have Green Bay right now in a couple of my leagues. They have a couple of good matchups uh, over the next few weeks, and uh, you know, I think they're they're going to be a, a pretty solid start. And then I'll find somebody else that has a couple of good matchups. But uh, yeah, Atlanta has been surprising uh, defense. Uh, so have the Texans, honestly. I, I was surprised when I looked yeah, them up earlier. Yeah, a lot I wasn't of sacks. Take them. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, they've they've actually been a, a pretty good fantasy defense. Now, maybe not necessarily a real life defense, but you know, we don't play real life football here. We play fantasy football. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, we I'm looking forward to uh, to this new scoring system and and actually doing this heads up. And I think what we'll do moving forward is before we do our start sits for week six, we'll go ahead and do a quick recap of week five. Uh, let everybody know how we fared against each other and and who has the early lead. And then I'll go back and sometime, you know, during this week, I'll go back and tally up the score from weeks one through four and see, uh, you know, see where we stand as far as, you know, points going, going from there. Oh, uh, yeah. I could tell them all about my, uh, you know, five and a week. That's fine. Totally cool. Okay. I'll, I'll take four and one, actually. Kyle Pitts, I don't mind having back. But. <laughs> Oh, you meant this week. I'm like, I don't remember you having a five in a week, but uh, okay. Nah. All right. Well, you got anything else before we uh, we get out of here? We want to. I want to get this. This Monday night football game has already kicked off, so want to definitely. Uh, yeah, I saw three nothing Rams out. already. So uh, obviously that's a thing. I'm kind of following. Uh, you know, obviously being in the Philadelphia area, I am following the Philadelphia Phillies, who are one game away from making the playoffs for the first time since 2011. Kyle Schwarber let off the game in Houston with a home run. I know we're talking about fantasy football. This is fantasy baseball for like two seconds. It's your fantasy for the Phillies to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Phillies before I'm watching the Monday night game because, again, that's like bum fight light. It's that NFC West, which yeah, nobody cares about them. Eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> they only won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Unless year. my games came down to it, then I'd be paying attention. Yeah. Only only a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Nobody, That's going to be terrible. Nobody cares. Yeah, uh, It's one bad coach. Against <laughs> Let's one. watch one out of 162 baseball games instead. Uh, this is this is for all the marbles. Come on. <laughs> Fake fan. Um, anyway, now, uh, all kidding aside, folks, um, you know, again, we appreciate everything you you do for listening and and liking and subscribing uh pat uh socials real quick we're at the nine route one on twitter and scott is at scott from delco uh, we also have a website you can check out which is www.thenineroutefb.com 
And if you'd like to email the show, we're also at the nine route FFB at gmail.com. And real quick, before we sign off, I want to say thank you to Mickey's for sponsoring the show. Uh, Mickey's pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Great place to watch the NFL on Sunday. Uh, they have a great drink special, great food specials for football. And, uh, you know, like Scott said in the last episode, kids eat free Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So if you buy a, an adult entree, the little one after 12 and under gets a, uh, a free kids meal. So definitely go check them out. A great place. Let them know that uh, Pat and Scott sent you from the nine route. And tomorrow is Taco Tuesday. So you can enjoy Chef Joe's Mexican specialties all day long at Mickey's Portacol Pub. Taco Tuesday, best day of the week. You know, you can make it rain tacos at 327 <laughs> East Main Street in Tuckerton, folks. We appreciate it. Mickey, we love you guys. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.